Welcome to Just Ahead Podcast. My name is Adele Dujardin, teacher turned life and leadership coach with a passion for helping others live a life that is happily theirs. Through interviews with folks five to ten years out of college, you will hear how they have carved out satisfying careers of all kinds. Here, I speak with Talia Luteras to learn how after graduating University of North Carolina, Wilmington, with a degree in theater performance and creative writing, she is years later a marketing and communications manager at Oaken, a medical research startup in Paris, France. Enjoy. All right, so here we are today with Talia Luteras. And Talia, first, why don't you say your name as it should be said, because I know... (laughs) I lost it in between when you told me how to pronounce it and now. So, so it's Talia Luteras. Um, it's Spanish, so you can also say Yitaris, but where my family's American, we just have the Spanish last name. <laughs> yeah, well, I was curious because you have this Spanish background and you're living in France, in Paris, France, as mm-hmm. we speak. So why don't we start there? Like, what are, have you always wanted an expat life? Is, has travel been a big part of your life? Is there a French family too? Tell us a little how you got to Paris. Yeah. So I guess when I was little, yeah, I would say I grew up um, a little bit all over the U.S. I was born in Nebraska. Um, I graduated high school and university in North Carolina. And then I lived in Seattle, Washington, on and off at different points in my life. But um, living in Seattle, I actually met my fiance in Seattle and he is French. So, um, so that is how I've ended up in Paris. We lived in Seattle together for a few years and then we decided we wanted to kind of see what living in France was like. He had been, um, away from France for about a decade. He had lived in Australia for eight years before moving to Seattle. So he was kind of coming to the end of his expat existence and I was ready to, um, try something else. So that's how that came about. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I can even in your expression, your face kind of just lightens up. Like I was ready. It seems like you were curious, wanted an adventure, and yeah. uh, I I just have a few questions about what you mentioned in your your history. So, uh, university in North Carolina was it UNC or Duke or those? It was U- University of North Carolina at Wilmington. Okay, so it was on the in Wilmington in the coast. Yeah, <laughs> and what did you major in? Uh, that's a good question. I think I tried to major in like 15 different things. <laughs> um, but I ended up with a Bachelor of Arts in theater performance with an English minor. And then I had um, a second bachelor's, a bachelor in fine arts and creative writing. Uh, and I almost had a second minor in global studies. I think it was like one credit away from that. And I just was ready to be done. So and I took um, quite a few classes in film studies as well. At one point, I was going to triple major in film studies, too. But so, yeah, I, yeah I like so, the, so the arts really <laughs> pulled you in. All kinds yes, at, of- that, at that age, for sure. Yeah, I was, was pretty curious and committed to spending more time dealing with the, I guess, the expressive arts. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And so when you left college or even in, during your summers, did you um, work in a related field to the arts? So I did a couple things. I, so I also was very sort of pragmatic. I come from a big family. I'm the oldest of six. And I pretty much started working as soon as I could when I was younger. I started first off just nannying people's kids. Um, in the summer. And then I also did this thing called detasseling when we lived in Nebraska, which is literally field hand, like you're pulling detassels out of the corn. I did it for one summer and I decided it didn't, (laughs) 
it, it's a good experience to do some real hard labor like that and then decide, okay, you know what, that's not for me. Um, and then, and then I started working in restaurants when I was 16 too. So uh, when I was at university, I often did, I would do extracurriculars. So I would work, so I would work in a restaurant, but then I would also, I was working, I was like the, an executive board member of the creative magazine while I was there. And then I was also, I also did a lot of sort of either plays in the community or with the, with the school program as well. So I kind of always had a lot going on. Um, yeah, I hear that. I hear a great work ethic and also <laughs> kind of a fearlessness to try anything. Yeah, yeah. I would say I definitely feel like my parents instilled in me the sort of the ability, like no job is really is like above you or below you, you know, and um if you if you want to do something, if you're curious about it, um, you should do it. And also, if you're going to do it, commit yourself to it and um, be resourceful. And, you know, not that you can never walk away from something, but that, you know, give it a real actual try. Yeah. So and those those pieces of wisdom that your parents gave you that seemed you'd seem to follow. Can you get, Share with us some times where that really helped you in your career since college. So I graduated university at the height of the recession. So um, I, I did, what did I do? I did four and a half years of university because I had so many degrees. <laughs> and um, I graduated uh, December of 2009. So it was really like the economy had bottomed out the year prior but there, it was really like in the thick of the fact that there were no jobs for anyone and there were really no jobs for people coming straight out of college. People that were in the middle of their careers were suddenly underemployed and taking positions that, you know, initially graduate, like graduates would take and taking the pay cuts. And so there really was no room in the job market. Um, I also had, <laughs> I also had the misfortune of um, that fall in 2009, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. So I finished my last semester of college. I graduated on a Saturday. I moved out of my house in Wilmington on Sunday. And on Monday, I, I underwent surgery. Um, so I had this like double whammy of like, like the, the economy had already soured. So we kind of knew what was coming that like this was going to be difficult and challenging and then I had this huge physical sort of real scare happen as well so I, I think I described it at the time as I felt like I had all this momentum coming out of university and I felt like I ran head headlong into a brick wall and that I was just sitting there shaking my head like like you're kind of in a video game like Mario runs into something and then he's just like whoa, like, maybe I'm really dating myself with that reference. I'm not super into video games anymore. But, like, but you know, you're just kind of sitting there like, whoa, what just happened? And I felt like that for months where I was just like completely. Yeah, and stunned, every, kind of stunned. Yeah. So what resources within yourself and outside of yourself did you use to move forward? I saw a counselor through the hospital, I, I was treated at Duke University and I saw a counselor through that to kind of like work through the feelings and things like that. And like, and then, you know, you do the sort of the, the step stages of grief, like all the things that you thought were going to come to pass are now maybe seriously on hold given your circumstances. And that applied to both the economy and, and being sick. Um, and, and then, you know, you vacillate through like anger and resentment and 
and denial and all of that. And then you, you also can spend some energy trying to find meaning in, in, and reframing the experience. And so I would say those were sort of the mental tools that I used, but part of it too is just, especially if you're, if you're sick and like when you're sick with a thyroid problem, everything slows way, way down. So I had a lot of time to sort of slow, slow everything down. And it was frustrating because I was definitely a go, go, go type of person, but to sit and sort of take it, take more of it in and spend the time with my family and sort of get, get grounded in sort of what the new reality was going to be and how I was going to be and, and going to, going to face what was ahead. I don't know if that's very clear, but yeah, no, it's very clear. And it's a, it's a really beautiful story you share. And I feel like it's so relevant for right now. So when did you feel well enough to start considering entering the job market and how, and how did you do so? So let's see. So I would say it was April, around April of 2010. Um, and so in that time frame between December to April, I was at home with my family and I sort of decided I like needed to get out. I needed to go completely in a completely opposite direction than what I had thought I was going to do. Previously, I was I had been in a relationship with someone that was long distance, and they were living in um, the Northeast. And so the idea was, after I graduated, I'd move up there, and then you know, kind of we'd see you know, what life had in store or whatever. And during this whole thing as well, we also broke up. So it was like kind of a, a, a triple whammy. And um, I just decided, you know, nothing, nothing was going that direction anymore. So I needed to just go a completely different direction. And I um, decided to, I, I visited my family that lives, my extended family that lives in Seattle, Washington. And I just, I had a really great time. I felt like there was a lot more, that visit, there was just a lot of possibilities that could have come out of being just being in a different location. So I moved to Seattle. And so I applied for a lot of sort of entry level positions. Yeah, at just some of like Starbucks, University of Washington. Um, my aunt, one of my aunts lives in Seattle, and she's a freelance video producer. So I, you know, jumped, I tried to jump in on a couple jobs with her on some things. And but yeah, I was kind of just, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. And I was kind of just using that as sort of a, to get in somewhere. Yeah. So um, where did you get in? So I did it for a while. Um, I got to the point where then I was so fed up with just not even getting calls back that I, um, I applied to work at a couple different restaurants. And so the first gigs I worked were, were in restaurants. And so I did that for I did that for the summer. Then in the fall, one of my really good friends from North Carolina was moving out to Seattle and we got a place together. And so we were both, we were both like in earnest, okay, we're going to get our big girl jobs. <laughs> and, and we're like, and we know they're not going to be great because the economy is really terrible. And this has been awful, you know, like the search has just been horrible. The job that I ended up getting was I was working as a receptionist and marketing coordinator for a small boutique law firm. Um, and I was just like, so, okay. So I went to, I went to the universe, to university. I graduated with distinction and I am a receptionist at a law firm. And it was pretty, it was pretty humbling. I yeah. would say. 
And how um, long did making, you stay in that job? I stayed in that job for two years. And what was a highlight and what was something that ugh, just was hard, a challenge in one way or another? So the, the real highlight was I actually, one of my colleagues, well, I had a couple colleagues that I really, really enjoyed, but one of them is like, to this day, one of my best friends, she's a complete soul sister. And what I noticed was that she did not, also did not love her job there, but she was incredibly, incredibly resourceful and just incredibly capable. And so I, I emulated her a lot in those first couple years on the job because I, first of all, I admired her so much. And second of all, I realized that a lot of the things that were bothering me about my work there were things that were self-inflicting. I was self-inflicted with that, that attitude, like I'm above doing this work. And then I would say the low light was probably everything else, <laughs> but no. Uh, the, because you didn't like, you didn't like the actual work you were doing. Yeah, the work I was doing was really um, understimulating, and there was a bit of a toxic attitude at the law firm. It actually came from a lot of the women at the law firm, where there was just a lot of in like in fighting and tension, and it's just sort of this toxicity of like, you know, women that had worked their butts off to be these high-powered attorneys, but being unable to kind of turn around and offer a hand out to other women, there was sort of like, there was always sort of this assumption that because you were a receptionist, you were never going to be as good as they were. Whereas you're like, I'm a receptionist purely by like circumstance right now, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, it's interesting because <clears throat> the, the culture was the thing you didn't like, and yet you found one person within that culture and that per person your, who became your friend allowed enough light for it to, um, kind of hold you and, and as you said she even inspired you and then that helped influence your attitude about the work that you were doing yeah the power of just one person and, and also the power of you being open to someone influencing you in a positive way is really standing right. out to me and so you're there two years and then what where did you go next how did you parlay this job that was not <laughs> something you wanted yeah, this is, this is, a, this is funny. Well, I find it funny, but um, actually I also find it pretty wonderful because I think it tells, it's telling how things shift in your twenties, how quickly they shift your mental state and your, your perspective can shift. Um, so I, I, I hit the end of the two, two years. And at that point I was just so depressed with like having been in that job for two years. Um, I had another relationship situation that that caused another sort of like, okay, we're going to, we're going to go through the identity like <laughs> um, process again, you know? And, and, and for me, it's like, I think for probably for a lot of people, I don't really like all these different aspects of our lives. We like to compartmentalize them, but I think they flow together really. And like things, things build to the point where it's a tipping point. So I was just done with the job. So I actually quit the job. Um, I didn't have anything else lined up and I kind of took a couple months off for the summer <laughs> and just sort of enjoyed Seattle and, and kind of let myself have sort of a, an, 
a delayed adolescence maybe even and then it came time to find another job and I still like I never had a clear vocational calling like I I was curious in a lot of things I don't know what I want to do I'm still trying to figure out the school thing like what am I going to get my degree my next degree in like all of that and I just was like all right I'm going to go back into the service industry because I had flexibility of time you can make a decent amount of money I can make more money than I was making at the law firm um, and I was like, and I have fun, like when I'm doing it, like it's fun. And I was, I was still kind of on this, this thread of like, I need, I need, um, to have more fun in my life because I'm just, you know, nose to the grindstone all the time. And it's not, and you can hustle and have fun at the same time. So I started working, um, at a nightclub, um, where I was kind of doing all sorts of things. I was doing some bookkeeping, but then I was also like the, doing VIP hosting. So I was like managing the sort of the selling of tables and selling of bottles and things like that, which was a complete departure from pretty much any work I'd ever done. It was, it was definitely more in like a scene job and sort of, I got to kind of play this role of being in the scene, being in the scene um, and being known in the scene. And then I had a second job of working at this sports bar, like sports pizza bar where I was like the service manager, I bartended and I was waited tables. And so I took on both jobs, did that for about eight months, nine months. Kind of just keeping my eyes out for the next thing that was going to come along. And in my neighborhood, they were building this beautiful new bar (laughs) um, called Capital Cider. And it it just had, it was a double like this the architecture was beautiful um it just was a really classy place and I was like I'm gonna work there and so took in my resume one day and I totally manifested it I had been walking by it for weeks as they were constructing it and building it out and I was just like every day I'd walk by I'm like I'm gonna work there I'm gonna work there and and so and I did I walked in I gave my resume I helped open the bar I was one of the the opening staff you know I left my other two gigs and that was sort of like, that started sort of my mixology bartender career in sort of the, the hippest part of the city, um, which again, it's you're like, you, where you're kind of like a kid on the scene, you know? So you go, like you go into a restaurant, it's like, people know you, they bring you a free drink, they, you know, and it's this whole subculture, not subculture, but like this whole community that you start to develop. Um, and so, I, and so, yeah. were, so when you say mixology, were you the bartender there? Were you coming up with your own signature drinks? Were you managing the well, bar? So, so at Capital Cider, so I worked there for um, two and a half years, three years almost. Um, I started out just so it's a cider bar, so there's a lot of cider on tap, um, and so it's actually really cool because a lot of it was like educational, like we were educating people about cider. So it, it fed so, that creativity part. Yeah. So creativity yeah, you were, and knowledge, you know, and mm-hmm. sh- sharing knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it was really meeting some of the things you were hoping for when you, you listed before the, the bigger yeah. picture items. I'm wondering if you're still in the service industry and if you know, no, no I'm not, you always yeah. had this question around. Yeah. So I, so I guess I can long story short. So I worked, I, then I worked, so I would always kind of end up um, moving into management at these places just because I had a lot of experience and I had a lot of 
you know, going through college and just had different leadership experiences and things. But um, like, there's no insurance. Like, if you take a vacation, you're not paid. Like, the the financial security for service industry in Seattle is a lot better than a lot other places in the country. But um, it still is is not there's the growth potential there is not there um and and so and things stop you know working really really late being around alcohol all the time like these things really start to kind of wear i i felt like on my mental my mental self my emotional self my physical body like all of these things so what actually really helped push propel me out of the job was meeting my now fiance um he was daywalker, which is what we, call, what we call him. So he would, he had a normal job, a nine to five job. And um, at that point in time, I just felt like I did not know if I could do a normal nine to five job. I had kind of built up this whole story that like these jobs just weren't for me and I, I couldn't find one and be satisfied. And he really convinced me to like at least try and see uh, and see what was out there. Right. And he challenged your story. Like, yeah. 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 He really challenged my story. And, um, and so I end up, I, I had also done different sort of things on the side. Like I had done some marketing and event management work um, for some friends and I had done some uh, video production work. So I had kind of this hodgepodge resume that I could cobble together to kind of show, like I didn't just do service. I wasn't just a bartender, like just a bar, I say that in quotations, yeah. just a bartender. Um, for all those years, I had a lot of other things going on. So I started looking for work that was more in, maybe it was like either film related or more marketing. So I had some marketing experience. And then, you know, Seattle's a huge tech scene. So there's just a lot of startups that were hiring. And so I applied and I started working for a technology company that develops, um, develops video streaming applications for um, over-the-top uh, technology, which is like, you know, uh, smart TVs, smart, smart watches, smart, you know. And what did um, they hire you to do? So I was hired as a marketing specialist or marketing manager. Yeah. So I, I came on to do marketing for them. Um, and I didn't, honestly, I never really set out to do like marketing as like my, but what was uh, the type of marketing we were doing is thought leadership marketing. And so it was, they needed someone that could um, be an editor and, and write, uh, write their, their blog. And so basically I was managing their digital media. So their social media, their video content, and then I was editing the blogs. But I was able to really enjoy that experience, sort of get into sort of the nine to five setup. My job was not so difficult that I was having to work crazy hours, but I was making a decent salary for like the first time in my life without having to really like grind. And so it was a really, really rewarding experience for me to see like, oh, I can do the nine to five. <laughs> I can do a job that like I didn't necessarily set out, wasn't like sort of set out to be like this creative passionate thing. And then, you know, when it comes time to leave the job, I can go on to the next thing and not have it be an existential crisis every time that you feel like you need to jump ship and do something else. Like 
it was sort of like, oh, this is, and, and I realized like having just said that, that for me to move from one thing to the next at previous points in my 20s, they had often really felt like an existential, like I have to get out because this isn't who I am anymore. Or, I don't know who I am anymore. Or I feel so limited by where I'm at. And, and in this situation, it was, I, it's like I slid into the job. The job was pretty good for what it was. I was able to see it for what it was. And then when it came time for my partner and I decided, we were like, okay, let's go to France. I was able to slide out of the job and not because of some sort of like crisis or moment of uh, like disruption in my right. life, you know? Yeah, it didn't throw you into this kind of ult ultimate mode of questioning, like, who am I? And oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my life? It's just like kind of taking it in phases. Like, okay, this is working. Yeah. Now I need to adjust. I'm going to pivot, move to France. So what, yeah. so what do you, I'm like dying to know now because of <laughs> all of the different things you have done, what you yeah. do now in France. So, um, so we've been living here now for, it'll be three years in August when we decided, we had decided we were going to move. I, I had said, okay, I'm okay to do this, but like, I really like need to, I've been wanting to go back to school for ever. <laughs> since I left school. So, um, you know, I really need to pursue that part. And so I said, if I can get, if I can find a program that speaks to me and if I can get into this program, then then more systems go, we can go. And so, um, I did, I applied to the university, uh, the American university of Paris, um, for their global communications program. They, um, they just had a description in about the program that was like, a really good synthesis of a lot of the things that I learned on the job, like application, and then really getting into sort of like media theory and, you know, aspects of like a, a lot of my previous interest in psychology or, um, you know, global studies and philosophy and all of that. I could see that in the coursework that we were going to be doing. And so it really, you know, met both, the creative aspect that was sort of filtering into sort of this applied field of marketing and communications and also the, um, the really the intellectual academic aspects that I'd been missing for, for a long time. Um, and so, so I jumped at that and so did that program, uh, finished that program last year with and was I, it a I, year or two, two year program. It was a two year program. Okay. Uh, so they say it's like a year, year and a half. But I did a thesis. Most people do an internship, but because I had so much work experience prior, I kind of felt like an internship wasn't going to give me the full academic experience I wanted. I basically did um, a critical discourse analysis and affect analysis of um, the press coverage of Colin Kaepernick's protests from uh, the beginning through February of 20, I think, of 2019. And sort of followed the, and did that through lenses of race, masculinity, and political economy, and did sort of a deeper dive on sort of the media and technology environment that we, that we live in that sort of perpetuates these discourses in, in sort of our political public sphere. 
So yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> kind wow. Of, well, congratulations yeah, really on throwing the whole thing in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, thank you. I'm curious if what you do as a, a job now relates to your thesis or your studies. Yeah. So, uh, so what I do is my job now. So I'm a marketing manager, um, marketing communications manager with a technology company called Aukin. Um, and what they specialize in is machine learning for medical research. So I'm back in sort of the marketing and communications work. And so you're working currently with the, on maternity leave, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, 38 weeks pregnant today. So I'm in this whole other, whole other space right now. We're letting go of some of the job stuff right now, identity changing trying to figure out what this next knowing I'm not going to know anything like it's 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 really um it's really pulling on like a lot of my experiences for the from the last like 10 years for sure to be in this sort of transition space I'm more open to kind of finding out who I'm going to be in this experience rather than needing to be attached to this idea of who I thought I was supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do. And if I'm not doing those things, what that means about me and rather more being in this space of, I got to, I have to just live this experience and, and f try and figure it out. And, and I do try to have intentions and be mindful, but also realizing that like stuff is just going to happen. I mean, chaos is a, also a part of a part of being alive and um, we got to just keep trying to land on our feet in, in all of these moments. And I have a feeling that motherhood is going to be a lot like that. <laughs> so hopefully I can. Well, it sounds um, like you're well it. prepared then because yes, it's, it, motherhood is full of surprises and, and children and humans in general are unpredictable. And, but it just sounds so wonderful, your approach and, and, it, and you, I love that word, how you said slid, like you, you've, I'm going to use it now myself. Like, You've slid into this more, I feel, open, curious, flexible way of being, mm -hmm. which sounds to me as actually allowed you to get to this point of fulfillment that you're experiencing. Yeah, I, I would say I would say that's that's definitely. I would say that was work, like internal work that initiated after my cancer diagnosis, and then over time and and then you know you're kind of this is my first pregnancy and things are going well and then january rolls around and it's like there's this global pandemic that starts to happen and and you're just like and it triggered it triggers all of these these feelings of like needing to control and needing to be perfect and protect and you know a, a lot of anxiety and a lot of of fear and and then realizing, like, we just got to go through it anyways. You know, like, what am I going to do? I, I can't go to Mars. I can't, you know, like, I'm going to be pregnant. Right. This is going to happen. And I need yeah. to kind of, you know, find my way. And, yeah, so I don't know if that that's clear. Like, yeah, how... well, no, I think finding your way is a great note to leave on. Thank you for meeting with me today. Really a pleasure. Of course. Thanks for, thanks for chatting with me and asking all these questions. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Just Ahead. Be sure to rate and subscribe our podcast so you never miss an episode. 
If you'd like to learn more about me, visit my website at www.agoodlife.coach or follow me on Instagram at agoodlife.coach. Join us again next week to hear more folks share the practical and inspirational around their working lives post-college.